here's one a unicorn divic box with power crystal and it, again it's just sort of like a teeny tiny box always wrapped yeah, but in we'll, chains re- wait read the rest of the description random spirit haunted hello welcome to guides the unknown i'm Kristen, and i'm her little brother william and today as promised we're doing a divic box update we did promise that. Yes, because we had the Dimmick Box Revived episode that came out on your feeds on Monday to bring you up to speed on where we've been with the Dimmick Box. Mm-hmm. And now we can continue that because there have been some updates in Dimmick World. Yeah, very technically, we have covered this topic before, way mm-hmm. back in episode 25. That's right. But like you just pointed out on the feed, we're doing this revival thing where we bring back old topics so that we can all be on the same page for new material because there is a bunch of new material. Yeah. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to talk about what's been going on with the Dybbuk box mm-hmm. in the past two years. We're also going to talk about what the hell is a Dybbuk box at all? Yes. How has it been used in pop culture? We're going to go way deeper once mm-hmm. we open this sucker up. That's right. Now, if this is your first ever episode of Guide to the Unknown, what do you need to know? <laughs> Kristen and I are a sibling duo. We're all about spooky stuff. We focus primarily on pop culture, but we get into folklore. We get into urban legends. We run the full gamut. We've been doing this for 137 episodes as of this recording with a deep back catalog for all of you to check out. This show comes out every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every other major podcast app, plus youtube.com slash talkbomb. This is also a video show. We record this show live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash talkbomb. And you can find links to all of these places and more by going to gttupod.com. Com. That's right. And one of the hottest links you will find at gttupod.com is to our Patreon, which you can find directly at patreon.com slash gttupod, where we do monthly bonus episodes, weekly updates, all for the $4 and up tier known as the Netherworld Warriors. So if you go donate over there, you get your own secret podcast that comes out every single month and it's very awesome. Yeah. And we have something very exciting to announce right mm-hmm. now. This coming Saturday which is uh, Saturday, June 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern, Kristen and I are going to be doing a charity live stream on the website brightsiders.com slash gttupod. Look for a link in the show notes. We're going to be raising money for the bail project. And uh, our goal in doing this, we're going to be going in to have a good time, just like we always do on Guide to the Unknown. The topic this time will be ranking horror franchises, horror characters. Who's better, Ghostface or Candyman? Mm-hmm. We already know the answer, but you'll have to tune in Saturday to see it made official. Here's the rub. Brightsiders is all about disrupting the plans of the live streamer. So you out there, there, yes, yes, you. <laughs> you can go to brightsiders.com slash pod even before that live stream starts to place votes on what will disrupt us first. We might all of a sudden have to pivot and be covering a different topic. You can disrupt us and make us eat a hot pepper. You can disrupt us and make us uh, uh, shove marshmallows into our mouths. You can see it all by going to brightsiders.com slash pod. We'll go a little more into it a little later in the episode. But go to that right now and uh, look forward to tuning in Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, brightsiders.com slash pod to raise money for Bail Project. That's right. Okay, Will, why don't you kick off our Dybbuk party by telling us what a Dybbuk box is? Yeah, this is kind of interesting because I I listened back to the old episode as well, and I felt like we covered the Dybbuk box as the Dybbuk box, of course, but there's so much that is sort of um, unexplained in that episode about the origins mm-hmm. of this. Primarily, what is a Dybbuk? Yeah. So I looked into a little bit, and it seems like this could really become its own rabbit hole. Um, but put very simply, a Dybbuk, according to Wikipedia, comes from Jewish mythology, and it is not a singular sort of figure in, in my sort of understanding mm-hmm. of this. It's not as if the Dybbuk is Pazuzu, a right. singular entity. It's not a name right. of a guy. Correct. Yeah. You and I could theoretically, just like we might become ghosts, theoretically we could become a Dybbuk. Hmm. Right, So a Dybbuk is supposed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. It can possess you. It can possess boxes. In fact, the name Dybbuk itself comes from a Hebrew word meaning to adhere, to cling. Hmm. Right? Sticky. So they say, <laughs> sticky. <laughs> 
So they say that if you were to open the Dybbuk box, it's not like the Dybbuk is inside the box. The Dybbuk box is part of the box itself. Mm, the Dybbuk is part of the box itself. Yeah, yeah. The Dybbuk is possessing the literal wood of the box. To open it is to unleash, but it's not as if it's contained inside. Right. Um, it was first men- mentioned in 16th century writings and then made more well known in a play by S. Ansky, which is called The Dybbuk. Mm-hmm. I read into the plot a little bit of this play and it is... Very, very similar, honestly, to The Exorcist. The Mm. Dybbuk, functionally, even in pop culture, which I'll talk about way later, is a lot like um, exorcism stories. The Dybbuk as a thing that will cling to you or adhere to you. Um, You then need an exorcism to get rid of it. So there are some familiar tropes in there. Um, And, uh, uh, um, yeah, I mean, really... Honestly, that's that's yeah, that's is. kind of it. Yeah. At, at its most basic, a, di- a Dybbuk is a malicious entity that seeks to cling to you. Mm-hmm. And as we have understood it, and as it's most well known today, from what I can tell, it is all about the Dybbuk box. Yes. Yeah, the Dybbuk box is very hot. So where we left off in that episode that's on the feed, we talked about the original owner of the Dybbuk box and it getting passed on to other people through eBay. And we kind of ended with saying that it's been acquired by Zach Bagans to be placed in his haunted museum. Since we recorded that episode, the Dybbuk box in the museum has gotten a lot more press um, because Zach Bagans has played it up. Like they did a Halloween special where a lot of the like focus, it kind of crescendoed to a potential opening of the Dybbuk box that didn't happen. Um, there are rumors about the Dybbuk box cursing famous people who have come into contact with it. Yeah. Post Malone. Yes, exactly. So Post Malone visited the museum, touched the box, which like is a, a brave thing to do or foolhardy potentially. Who is Post Malone? I'm okay. sorry to back it up this far. It's a little basic, but I don't know who Post Malone is. I know the name a singer for the first year or so of his famousness i thought post malone was like a youtuber or a tiktoker or a vine star that i didn't understand because Uh, i heard the name but i had no familiarity with what was going on with him he is a musician okay yes so he visited the museum touched the Dybbuk box and then after that had a whole bunch of like close calls in close succession so after he touched it um his private plane had two tires blow out on the runway people broke into his house with guns Mm. and he got into a bad car accident so because it was soon after the Dybbuk box people kind of attributed it to that that it cursed him so it's been in the news a lot lately but I found a place that it was before all those headlines which was the TV show Deadly Possessions about the items in Zach Bagan's haunted museum and I was shocked William to find out that it shared the same episode as Robert the Doll. Really? Yes. I just didn't watch the portion of that episode back when I was researching Robert the Doll in episode 58. So you can go listen to that and hear about the Robert the Doll segment of Deadly Possessions. I'm just covering the other half of that show. So that's the episode where that old servant man is... Yes, Theo, and he's in the Dybbuk box part as well. Oh my god. This whole this was a mind blower. What happened? So he just he never fails me, Zach Bagans. I watch these shows and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm typing, 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 things I didn't expect. So stay, let me stay very close to at GTTU pod because we might be seeing more of Bagans in the near future. Oh yeah, yeah, we will be, and so you'll be hearing more about Bagans. And I bet some of you know what that means. And yeah. if you're wondering if you're right, you are. <laughs> um, so here's what happens. In the episode about the Dybbuk box. So the box's current owner, whose name is Jason Haxton, is um, coming to Zach to give him the box to keep in the museum. And he says that he's kept the box buried for five years inside a military box on his property until now. So he brings it to Zach and also the original owner, the guy who we talked about in that episode, Kevin Manis, comes out as well, saying that he feels like the box may have contributed to his mother's death. Oh. So that's how they set this up. Now, the structure of the show is a little bit weird because they frame it like Zach doesn't know who's going to be on the show. The guy, Jason, first walks up with the box and Zach's like, oh, my God, is that a replica? Why am I shaking already? Already freaked. (laughs) Um, So the guy, Jason, 
defines a dibbic as a spirit who has unfinished business. And so it possesses a person in order to finish that biz is how he defines it. There are some contradictions kind of in this whole episode. Um, But he says that the first time he handled it, he was in extreme stomach pain, was vomiting some sort of ectoplasm-like material, and that the next morning he was bleeding, uh, crying blood out of his eyes. Oh, my God. And Zach's like, these are all symptoms associated with the Dybbuk box. This checks out, basically. They also say in the episode, which was contradictory to what they said in the Paranormal Witness episode that I talked about on the other Dibbuk Box episode of Guides the Unknown. In that previous episode, Kevin Manis says that he bought it from somebody um, who had bought it from Spain. And in this, they say that somebody crafted it to deal with their grief. Now, that might be the case, but it made it sound like that somebody was closer in the food chain uh, yeah, yeah. than a vague person that they bought it from. But I wonder if they just wanted to simplify the story. I wonder. I just felt like it was worth mentioning yeah. because it was kind of in contrast. So then Kevin comes in, that guy who was the first owner of the Dibbic Box who ended up selling it to Jason. Okay. He points out that they are meeting on Kevin's mother's birthday, which is the day that Kevin gifted it to his mom, which, as we said in the previous episode, they think precipitated a physical response. They said that she had a stroke right after she opened the box. He said that she said that when she opened it, something that felt like pure evil blew through her. And he says that he feels like there's an innocence that he's lost from his experience with the box, that his eyes are open to something that they can never be closed to again, basically. Yeah. Um, Zach asks him if he believes that the box can kill people. And he says he doesn't want to empower the box by saying yes, which implies that he thinks yes, but he doesn't want to like say it out loud. So Kevin tells Zach that when Jason was keeping the box in his house before this guy, Jason, decided to put it inside some sort of like military grade hardcore box and bury it, that there was a man staying in Jason's house who was sitting in a room directly above a room that the box was in. And he passed away right above where the box was. And Zach's like, Jason didn't tell me this. Or whatever. <laughs> he betrayed me. He bet- how could he? <laughs> um, so... At this point, they have already put the Dibbuk box in the basement of the Haunted Museum, um, away from everybody else. I don't think it's quite at the level yet that we referenced on the previous show where you have to be 18 years old to see it and that you have to sign a waiver to see it. It okay. seems a little bit more removed. Like, it's straight up in the basement until they can suss out what's going on with this thing for safety. And I think that makes sense, too, because especially in the last couple of years since we first covered it, it's only grown in notoriety and right. popularity. So. Yeah. Um, back then it was just one of any number of things. Yes. And now it's almost as if, I mean, I think when we watched that Halloween special, whatever mm-hmm. that was, yeah, uh, it almost seemed the way they shot it, like it's in a room alone yeah. on a pedestal, almost like the beginning of Indiana Jones. From what I understand, that's the way that it still is. And at this point, it was in a room alone on a table, but it seriously was like a basement room. Like there's a furnace that gets referenced later. Okay. So it wasn't part of the museum proper. And this episode is from 2016, I think. Huh. So this is really before Dybbuk mania, before he saw this thing as something to really publicize and make a big deal out of. So it really was like a cool haunted artifact that he must have had some familiarity with if this guy Jason walked in. He's like, oh, tell me that's a replica. If that's the real thing, I'm going to hurl. But it wasn't like i feel like in the paranormal community now people know about the dibbic box and they think it's hokey it's kind of like a you know whatever thing but still fun you know super fun um so they they ask kevin if he would like to go down and see the dibbic box and kevin's like yeah okay let's do this um so he goes down to that protected room he's escorted by theo the old gentleman from the Robert the Doll segment that we talked about in episode 58. And Kevin decides to bring in a trigger object with him. It's an item from the family who originally built the box. So it must be something else that he bought from that same garage sale to see if that's going to provoke any activity. A trigger object is something that might like get a rise out of a ghost or a spirit. So the way that this is structured, it's so awesome. So he walks in. Zach, Aaron, and I think it's Billy now, are in like their command center. So they're up above somewhere watching on all these monitors, like like Lucius Fox in Batman. (laughs) 
Wow. Dark Knight. Wow, that wasn't quite what I, I I went to. I thought of like I thought of like uh uh when they try to build like a nuke or something and you see them that li- that little bunker with the little window and they're just watching No, no, they're in like a bay with like a whole bunch of TVs. Oh wow. All right. And they have um a microphone either on him or in the room or something where they can hear him. I think he can hear them back, but definitely hearing him is more important. William, I can't believe what happens here. William, you're not that far off. I'm scared. William. William. I'm so scared. You are not that far off. I couldn't believe what happened. Okay. Man, you know, I wish I taped it because I feel like I'm not gonna remember the exact noise. Let me get there because you guys okay. are probably wondering yeah. what I'm well, talking about. Yeah. So you would think if this is a guy who lived with this item, he Uh feels like it killed his mother potentially or led to her death. He seems to take it very seriously and everything that, I don't know, he might arm's length a little bit. I kind of forgot the stakes of this when I was mimicking that little breath. Now I feel bad. I wouldn't say feel that bad. This changed some things for me. Okay. Okay. So you would think maybe he'd be a little bit cautious, like, oh, God, this is this thing. This really is a big deal. This thing changed my life. I'm scared of it. I'm wary of it. He walks right up to it and plunks the trigger object on top of it. Oh. And opens the door. He, he opened it? Opens it right away. So Zach, up in the control room looking at this, goes, oh, he's going right to town, opening it right up. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> he's going to town. <laughs> there hasn't been quite the mythology around opening the Dybbuk box yet at this point, but still, uh-huh. marches right up to it. Plunk this thing on top. We don't know what it is. They just mentioned that it's there. And he opens the thing. And they're just like, whoa, okay. And they say that around that moment, it causes the lights in the store above the cellar to flicker. They cut to the security footage of, I guess, the gift shop of the Haunted Museum. And the lights are flickering. Mm -hmm. Who knows if that was at that moment. But that's what they show. So he starts acting real weird down there he's like wandering around and stuff and he te- it was so good he tells them that someone needs to come down there because he has to tell them something important or it's something that might be important he's wandering around and he goes and stands in the corner like mike from the blair witch project he's just like standing there and making these little noises william no way yes i, I swear, swear i haven't seen this i don't think you have um you can watch it on the travel channel app um it's it's available on there you can also google it and find it but he's like <laughs> wait i don't think that's right it can't be right i don't remember he's making little noises <laughs> I re- which reminds me me making that noise more than the noise he makes i think about it then when i was in like high school or something a bunch of kids in one class or middle school it doesn't matter started going under their breasts like and the teacher was like who's doing that stop it stop it but you couldn't see them so she's like was, lips not really moving it was so funny but so he's making a weird noise some sort of breathy in out noise and he says can you come down here i have something to tell you it might be important zach doesn't move a freaking muscle he's like oh, i wonder what that's gonna I be had an accident <laughs> can you come down here it might be important can you get the pants from the nurse's office <laughs> i need the nurse's sweatpants <laughs> get, get the sawdust <laughs> i went to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> zach okay. help me Zach, I need you. <laughs> Why does he want me? Does he, he doesn't move. He's like, somebody come down here, got something important to tell them. They're just like, huh. And like, sits, Zach like sits down. At the, it was very strange to me, and it never really gets addressed. I found this, it was a great episode. But it was the very dude could be possessed by the Dybbuk now. You don't go near him. I guess that is kind of their reasoning, but they don't address some of these things. They don't face some of these things head on. Now, William, what I'm about to tell you, I couldn't. <laughs> believe what was happening and i did a little research to try to find out what was going on and it shed a little bit of light he starts using a theatrical voice walking back and forth facing that wall reciting a poem now i started to transcribe the poem i'm listening i'm clicking pause transcribing it and then once i got a couple of sentences i decided to google it to see if anybody else had done this and i got some real results but let me just tell you what i got so far okay he says like light from the hallway crept into my room along with the shadow man too i assume never before had i seen such a form that could change the candle's flame that licks in a storm 
light as a monk, he crept in on his knees and he perched on the edge of the bed, if you please. A new thresh were to begin. I wait here in the darkness till you fall asleep, and I come into your dreams with a promise to keep. In the night till morning, I'll torment your soul. It was crazy. You guys have to seek this out. In the light till morning, I'll torment your soul. It's like that. So I'm not saying I did a perfect impression. The sort of devilish demon who might yes. have one of those little curly mustaches and at the end. Here's the thing. So I Googled it to be like, what is this? Is this like a famous poem? What is this? It turns out to be a poem that he himself wrote called The Shadow Man. And he has it uploaded using that same theatrical voice, like a spoken word sort of jam, yeah. on a website called, I have it link, it's going to be linked in the show notes, a website called Broad Jam. Um, so it's his own poem. I think the implication here was that something was like possessing him in this moment and making him do this. But, but if he wrote it, it almost plays like that is his um, safety net or safety blanket. Well, here's what they think. So during this, you can't clearly hear him saying all parts of this poem. It's part that I gathered it and transcribed it from the show. Part that I found it online and I linked my source for that in the show notes as well. But over this and interspersed with it is... Zach and Aaron and whoever being like, what is this? What the F is going on right now? I'm like seriously flipping out now, bro. <laughs> so that prompts Zach to get moving. He said he gets away from control center. And you would think that this means he's going to go downstairs and, you know, yeah. get this guy. He says he, he's worried that Kevin is performing some sort of ritual to drive something out of the box oh. that they didn't talk about beforehand. So he needs to do something about it. And he starts making the little, I wrote little scoochie noises. The guy starts making little scoochie noises again. He's like, or whatever. I don't even know. You guys have to watch it. So you think Zach's going to go down and put an end to this? He sends Theodore down. He's like, we got to stop this. And he's like, Theodore, go down to him. And I was like, you're going to send Theodore down? Now, just so you guys know, because we didn't explain who Theodore was. I'm assuming yeah. everybody knows. You don't know if you didn't listen to the Robert the Doll episode, but listen to 58 if you want to. Theodore is an elderly gentleman who's like Zach Bagan's butler in this show, basically. And he sends very th frail Theodore down to the basement to a guy who he thinks is performing some sort of dangerous ritual. Now, here's the weirder thing. Can I just also add yes. that what we originally saw of Theodore was that Zach Bagans is is basically interviewing Robert the Doll or yes. talking to somebody who has Robert the Doll. And he's like in the middle of the interview. And then Theodore goes like, Mr. Baggins, you're male. And interrupts everything. Which like that is, would ever happen. Like that would ever happen. Not sure why it's even part of the show. They could have edited it out. And right. Bagans is kind of like. Yeah, thanks. Like, throws, like, Theo some shade, I feel. I don't remember, but probably. Yeah. It's very weird. And then it spurns on some other stuff in that episode. Highly recommend watching this full episode of Deadly Possessions, but also going and listening to that episode of Guides the Unknown 58 for the full Theo scoop. But anyway, okay, so it's weird enough that Zack sends Theo down to do this instead of going himself. But then Theo just walks in the room and doesn't do anything. He just starts walking around the room. What? Seriously. He just walks in and he's not like, Mr. Bagans wishes your presence upstairs, Mr. Manis. He just walks in and is just in the room. He doesn't do anything. Now I'm in here too. <laughs> now I'm in here too is all that happens. It's so weird. Here so then, I am. It's so strange, Will. It's just him like walking around. The camera's like kind of catching him. It's so weird. It's really weird. So then Zach does. So there's a pipeline for Zach to talk in it. Then Zach comes on over the loudspeaker in there, I guess. And, and uh, <laughs> he tells Theodore to come back upstairs. <laughs> He's like, Theodore, come come back up here. This, oh. this isn't good. And then he tells Kevin too as well. So Kevin comes back up and he says that this thing is nothing to play with down there. And he feels physically and emotionally shaken. And Zach doesn't ask him, hey, what was going on with that voice you pulled or that like poem that you read or ritual you're performing at all? Maybe Zach's scared or something, but he doesn't face it head on. And then Zach and I think Aaron have like a little confab off camera. You're hearing their audio and you're seeing kind of like a corner of the museum or something. It's almost like you're looking at security footage, but you're not looking at them head on where they said that they feel like Kevin was doing some sort of witchcraft and telling the box to F with them. So maybe they didn't want to like ask yeah. Kevin and rile him up or something. 
So this segment of this episode ends with Zach taking both Kevin and Jason to a rabbi who he wants to like have explained to them stuff about the Dybbuk box and what a Dybbuk is or something. It's a little unclear and muddled what's going on here, to be totally honest. Um, The rabbi says that he doesn't feel like the actual box is causing things, but that it's a message from the almighty about something going on with you. I don't, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't totally get what okay. that means. I mean, it's almost like the universe working through things and and prompting you in a certain way to maybe deal with your own demons. I um, mean, I, I guess that sort of makes sense. Like, if people go through a hardship and they say that they came out better for it and, you know, this is... Yeah, so it, it's, you know, God using this as a vessel. Uh, vessel, yes. God works in mysterious ways. The Dewey Vessel system yeah. is how they organize bad things happening how they organize dipping boxes um so during this kevin showboat that he is starts sweating profusely and coughing a lot be like i don't know what this is happening i don't know what this is going on i don't know this never happens to me and so finally jason's like do you want some water man he's like yeah i'll get some water so the implication is that the rabbi being nearby and saying that the dog box isn't powerful or something is causing a reaction in Kevin. And so they get some water and there's a voiceover where Zach is talking about how these are symptoms of the Dybbuk box. And they basically sum up by saying that the box really seems to affect these two guys. And then it like smash cuts to Robert. It is a very abrupt ending. Oh, we're just done there. Done. That's it. Very, very abrupt. I didn't see it coming. Weird. So like we said, since then, we had the Halloween uh, live stream episode of Ghost Adventures where they played with the idea of opening the Dybbuk box. That was kind of like the grand finale of the show, but they opted not to do it then. It, it really the was. The vibe didn't feel right or something. It was so weird. We watched this live yes, and it really I culminated it. in the like, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones with that bag of sand where he's going to take that golden idol, mm-hmm. looking at it, sizing it up. It's as if that scene ended with him being like, man, nah. Yeah. And walking away. It was so weird. Yeah, it was, it like was weird. A deflated little conclusion. It was, it was very bizarre to me. Do you think that suggests that he like really believes in the power of the Dybbuk and stuff? You know what I mean? Because for for showmanship, you would open it. You know? Unless all right, I'm gonna make a very, very, very weird point. Okay. All right. Per storytelling, you would want something to happen there. I'd I'd have to assume that that episode um, when they were planning out doing the live stream, one of two things happened. During the planning, they were like, and then we'll end it all with opening the Dybbuk box. It'll be huge. It'll be epic. Hell yeah. Or they ended it by going, and then we'll we'll almost do a movie mm-hmm. so scared that we won't do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the planning stages, that sounded exciting. Maybe. To I don't be like, know. we're going to be so overwhelmed. I can't see how that would sound exciting. We have to walk away. But in practicality, and like you have to know this about like crafting a thing. To say that it ends with nothing happening, yeah. even if that's the point, it's going to be such a big point. I can't imagine it's that. It's so not thrilling to see. I can't imagine that being planned. I just can't see it. I There's nothing about that that sounds like that would be a good crescendo. Right. Which, which you know, would make And these me, guys are about the razzle and the dazzle. They are. So I don't think that they'd be like, and then we won't open it. Except that by prolonging it, they can always do it again later. I know, but still, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. They're not prolonging it any longer. In real time, as we sit here, the Dewey Box has been opened. It hasn't aired on television yet, but it has happened. And so here is what Zach Bacon's had to say about it in an exclusive to people.com. So right now they're in the midst of a series, a four-part series called Ghost Adventures Quarantine that started on June 11th and it's going to be wrapping up on July 2nd. Now I can only imagine that the July 2nd episode is going to be the one where they open the Dybbuk box. Yeah. I haven't watched these quarantine episodes yet, but I know they've talked about the Dybbuk in the episodes because they're quarantining in the Haunted Museum, which is a rad idea and I'm totally going to catch up on these episodes. I think that's pretty dope. But here is what um, Bagan said. Quote, it was an anxiety-driven investigation as raw and intense as we have ever done before. I firmly believe the global pandemic caused the manifestations of spirit activity to be at an unprecedented level. I just included that because I thought that was an interesting concept. Um, it kind of makes sense, the idea that chaos sure. would sort of breed something. It's very Ghostbusters. Very Ghostbusters too. Yes, it is. You're right. Pinky slime. So he says specifically of the box, the scariest moment for me is what I saw and felt. We captured on camera an unbelievable mist coming out of the box that manifested eyes. 
The lead investigator also believes he saw the Dybbuk box entity crouching down towards the wall behind the box. Whoa. So we have that to look forward to, I would imagine, on July 2nd. And that is where we are at with the Dybbuk box. That's the modern Dybbuk box mm-hmm. history. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, totally. It, it's funny to me, especially knowing that like that Halloween episode was amped up with like, we're going to open this thing, and mm-hmm. then they didn't. I've been seeing those headlines. I didn't know about it, but I've been seeing the headlines of like, he opened the box. Yeah. Like, cool. All right, sure. To find out that they already opened the box, maybe not Zach himself, mm-hmm. but I that imagine. it was opened in 2016 is like, all right, well then- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been open before, so. I know, I know. I guess because that show, I don't think that show is a big hit. It's only one season. So I guess they just kind of like glossed over it. like ignore it. And I guess you could also, I don't think it's as significant, but you could be like the first person like outside of the original owner to open the box or something like that. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'll take that. You know. I'll take that. Um, All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the pop culture Mm -hmm. Dybbuk Box stuff. Yeah. Um, Because uh, the Dybbuk Box has appeared in other places, and uh, I I don't know. The Dybbuk itself has sort of been referenced in spots I found as well. Uh, One of the big ones that I remembered from my childhood, and we just covered this in our um, Unexpected Horror for Kids episode, Mm -hmm. just a few episodes back, Rugrats. Right. In the year 2020, at 33 years old, I've now watched two episodes of Rugrats. Did How'd I like go? them? No. Ah. I didn't enjoy it at didn't all. Didn't go down so smooth? No. It was an episode called Toys in the Attic, and uh, 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 Tommy and Angelica are staying with Tommy's grandparents, who are from the old country? I feel oh, like they yeah, said that's something. right. They always eat borscht, right? Yeah. That's like their thing. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. At one point, Grandpa upstairs falls over, and Grandma goes, did you hurt your schmackle? And Tommy later will be like, we got to be careful going upstairs. It's We're going to hurt our schmackle. And I was like, "I, what is this show? Yeah. Anyway, weird. it's just strange. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. But so uh, Grandpa, I thought this was kind of fun. Grandpa, when he uh, puts the two kids to bed, he goes, good night, sleep tight. Don't, like the, don't let the dibbics bite. Hmm. And uh, which makes Fun. it part yeah. of like like everyday life and storytelling, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Tommy says, "Hey, Angelica, what's a dibbic?" She says, "It's like a ghost, only scarier," which is kind of true. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I also found out that dibbics pop up in the real Ghostbusters. Uh, they feature in the movie The Unborn as the villain, where a dibbic is a woman's twin who was never born. Okay. And so now is haunting her. Okay. But the Dybbuk box itself Mm -hmm. has a place in pop culture as well, Kristen. Mm, Do tell. There's a movie from 2012 called The Possession. Yes. We briefly referenced that in the episode. I'm going to go a little deeper. Please. So this movie stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick as a couple who is getting divorced. Jeffrey Dean Morgan goes to a, uh, a, uh, not a flea market, a garage sale with his daughter and she spots a Dybbuk box. Mm-hmm. This Dybbuk box um, featured in a cold open where a, a woman tries to open it or interacts with it and suffers a, a horrible fate. So they're looking at this Dybbuk box at the garage sale. And the daughter, Emily, is really interested in it. And and Jeffrey Dean Morgan decides, you know what? She's going through a tough time because of the divorce. I'm going to buy it for her. And when they start to buy it, uh, the woman is inside the house and through a window can see them interacting with the box and starts freaking out like no 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 don't get that don't well, why'd get you put that. it out there i i don't think she did i think she's like comatose because of her attack oh okay yeah so um <clears throat> here's here's the plot per wikipedia which is is kind of fun clyde this is jeffrey dean morgan takes the box to a university professor who tells him that it is a dybbuk box that dates back to the 1920s it was used to contain a dybbuk a dislocated spirit as powerful as a devil the possession <laughs> has three main stages this is very uh, conjuring. Yeah. In that, they have like three main stages of possession, which that was interesting. In the third stage, the Dybbuk latches onto its human host, becoming one entity with it. The only way to, the, to defeat the Dybbuk is to lock it back inside the box via a forced ritual, which is basically a an exorcism. Mm-hmm. Upon further examination of the box, they learn that the Dybbuk's name is Abizu, known as the Taker of Children. Oh. They even take the, the girl to go to the hospital to get an MRI, and on the MRI scan, they see the face of a bizu. Oh, yeah. I think that's in the trailer or something, right? That it's like rings fun. a bell. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, it's almost like getting a sonogram or right. something like that. You find out that the, there's a, a demon named right. a bizu. 
So it all will sort of culminate with them at the hospital. Jeffrey Dean Moore. I'm spoiling this, by the way. I'm spoiling. <laughs> I'm so spoiling you know. the possession. Yeah. It's it's kind of worth it, I think. Yeah. Um, but if you don't want to know what happens at the end of the movie, The Possession. See you later. So uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, ends up getting the the demon in his own body, and then uh, they he barfs it out his mouth. And then okay. it crawls itself. I think I guess it's like running away because of the exorcism being performed. It's only its only way to scramble away is to crawl back to the Dybbuk box and lock itself in. Ooh. Which also played kind of like Ghostbusters. It was kind of like as if the ghost wanted the safety of the containment trap. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it was it was yeah, that, that is that part in particular I found vaguely interesting. Mm-hmm. Now that's the movie itself. The Dybbuk box factors into the making of this movie, though, uh, with some commentary from the the minds behind the movie talking about it. So, the owner of the Dybbuk box, Jason Haxton. Yep, same guy. Okay. Offered to send it to producer of this movie and uh, uh, horror king Sam Raimi, who was both interested and reluctant. Sam Raimi (laughs) told Entertainment Weekly, I didn't want anything to do with it. I'm scared of the thing. He told the interviewer that he was raised in a conservative Jewish home, saying, you don't hear about the Dybbuk's when you go to synagogue. I know the demonic lore of the exorcist, but what does my faith believe about demonic possession? The stories chilled me to the bone. Jeffrey Dean Morgan said, in the research I did, I started getting creeped out. My girlfriend was like, let's just make sure we don't go near the real Dybbuk box. (laughs) Uh, We were like, hell no, recalls screenwriter Juliet Snowden. We don't want to see it. Don't send us a picture of it. (laughs) Director Ole Bornadal said, some really weird things happened. I've never uh, stood underneath a neon light before that wasn't lit that all of a sudden exploded. The worst thing was, five days after we wrapped filming, all the props burned. The storage house in Vancouver burned down to the ground, and the fire department does not know the cause. I'm not a superstitious man, and I would like to say, yeah, that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the the nagging suspicion that talking about the Dybbuk lingers. Didn't like it. So if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, this Dybbuk box sounds like a cool plaything, <laughs> you're wrong. But also... You can get your own. That's right. The Dybbuk box is uh, uh, available, or I should really say, we've been talking about the Dybbuk box because there's a central figure, but over time, it's really become a Dybbuk box. Yes, there are multiple Dybbuk boxes available. Because straight up, if you go to eBay and you search for Dybbuk box, and granted, this is at the time of the recording of this particular episode, I found 70 listings for Dybbuk boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, some of them are ending in two hours. Yeah, as so we're recording this right jump now, jump on it, pounce. Um, but it has become they're pricey too. Oh my god, they're so expensive. I've seen some for as low as like forty bucks, mm-hmm. but a lot of these are listed for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. The other thing to point out about the Dybbuk box listings on eBay is that you can tell that many of them are posted by the same seller. Mm-hmm. So does that mean? That let's say, Kristen, you found 50 Dybbuk boxes in the attic, so you're right. selling them all. Or could it possibly mean you, Kristen, have realized that people will buy supposedly cursed mm. artifacts on eBay for a pretty penny? Could be either. And so you're whipping up some yourself. Yeah. It's hard to say. So I picked a few that I thought were kind of fun to, to look at. Again, this is also a YouTube show you can watch on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb, but I'm going to talk about them for the audience out there listening. Mm-hmm. So here is a listing titled Dybbuk Box Multiple Chains Gross Looking Wax Seal. I have to agree. I am not looking liking the looks of this thing. No. It's very literally almost like a tiny little jewelry box um, with very thin very, very thin chains wrapped around it, almost like necklaces, mm-hmm. right? Like little teeny tiny chain necklaces. And then somebody dripped white wax all over it. Yeah, like chunky off-white wax. I am assuming that this is very, very teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, There was a time. Now, you and I have talked about haunted eBay objects before. Yes. And a lot of them had stories that... Went on and on and on oh, for paragraphs yeah. and paragraphs. Deep lore, deep backgrounds. Super long receipts and stuff. Yeah. The modern Dybbuk box marketplace 
is not the same as it used to be. Here's the description. Dybbuk box, multiple chains, gross-looking wax seal, contents heard inside, many thin chains of wax, sealing box shut. Wooden box with weird whitish wax. Hmm. It's just trying to get you to find the right search words, yes. I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I'm theorizing. I think that's way. correct. But uh, starting bid, 50 bucks. Buy it now, 75 bucks. Doesn't look like there are any bids. There, Yeah, there are currently no bids on it. That's the other thing to point out. If you sort by ending soonest on here... Not many. Not a lot bids. of bids. Yeah. No, I think the I think the market crashed on Dybbuk boxes on eBay. Well, I don't know. I mean, in that episode, we weren't looking at specifically Dybbuk boxes. It was more like haunted dolls and stuff like that. I know. So I don't know if the market was ever super hot on Dybbuk boxes. It may have been. But I just it, figured maybe they're part of the same umbrella category of cursed artifacts. I bet other cursed artifacts are still hot. They're still popping. I think so. Um. Uh. Here's one. A uh, unicorn Dybbuk box with power crystal. And it, again, it's just sort of like a teeny tiny box, always wrapped yeah, but in we'll, chains. Re- wait, read the rest of the description. Random spirit haunted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Pokemon or something. Yeah. Or like a blind box. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, if, you, if you sign up, you might get one. Right. Uh, you might get a random Funko Pop. <laughs> yes. You're going to get a random demon in this box. Yes, random spirit haunted. Uh, but you can certainly tell by looking at some of these uh, in the list- listings that like the same background appears uh-huh. in multiple sure. of the photos. Um, it's it's a... Uh, some I was of them almost... they definitely found like bric-a-brac at the thrift store and just attached it to a box. A thousand percent. I was almost a little sad to see that this is what has become of the marketplace. Now, yeah. I should point out that... Way back in 2018, when we were initially interested in Dybbuk boxes, mm-hmm. I myself had gone to eBay and searched for Dybbuk box yes. and placed an order. That's right. So do you remember it being a more robust market when you searched for this? I think so. Yeah. Part of my struggle was that I tried to go back to the original li- listing for the Dybbuk box that I bought. Mm-hmm. eBay sort of scrubs the the actual page yeah. of old things that aren't there anymore. So all I could find was the title of it, unfortunately. But what I purchased was called Dybbuk Spirit Box Sealed, found in abandoned house attic. And I paid, looks like about 30 bucks, mm-hmm. something like that. So the prices have really gotten jacked in a couple of years. That's true. But you've got it right there, Kristen. I do. So if you're watching the video version, you'll be able to see it. But let's describe it for people who are just listening to the podcast. I think it's like a little ceramic jewelry box that yes. has an angel Hummel figure on top. Mm-hmm. Yep, it has uh, it's it's all ceramic, but it has a lid. It has some roses that are engraved, and it seems to have probably been white at one point, but it's been painted, I think, gray. Absolutely with painted. Maybe some like reddish spots that are either painted or like smushed on with crayon or something. I think that is wax. I think that this thing was originally sealed with wax and certainly modified to look aged, but I think it's mm-hmm. painted. Right. Now, I say it was originally sealed with wax because <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe I don't think we've talked about this on the show. Or I really think we have, it, or really like shown off the thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I ordered this Dybbuk box from eBay in November 2018. It showed up in the beginning of December, and I immediately told Kristen about it when it arrived. She walked in the front door. I handed it to her. Yes. And Kristen, what did you do? Okay, you tell the story slightly wrong mm. because the next thing I did was ask to see the eBay seller who sold it. And you gave me your phone, I clicked on their name, and I looked at what they were selling. And they were selling other Dybbuk boxes and, like, socks and some random stuff. Dybbuk socks. Dybbuk Dybbuk socks. So I was like, okay, this is a fake thing. This isn't somebody who's, like, obsessed with the occult or whatever. This is definitely just, like, capitalizing on the fact that Dybbuk boxes were a thing. It sounds like you're really trying to qualify the the move that you made. (laughs) I do qualify because... I cracked this baby right open. The second because that it I ended had up no in, fear. The, the, it was it was instantaneous, Kristen. I handed Kristen a Dybbuk box in my home, and she immediately <laughs> broke the wax seal and That's opened it. That's the only it. thing I regret is that it was in your home. Hey, what are you insane? Do you have any idea how risky that was? <laughs> You're like a daredevil. You're like evil can evil. I wasn't. I wasn't buying it. And Will, you would you don't buy it either. Well, why do I? Why did I buy it? <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. But did you think that I released a spirit of a Dybbuk into your home? What do you think? I don't think so. That's why I opened it. Well, I'll never reveal what I actually think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too scared. I didn't buy it. If if I had gone to that seller's listing and I saw other stuff that made me think that... 
It just invalidated to me that there were a bunch of divot boxes this person was selling for exactly the reasons that you outlined at the beginning. Did this person just happen upon a million divot boxes or did they buy a bunch of like old ceramic 80s boxes, paint them to try to make them look aged, with this, which is pathetic. It's clearly paint that they want to look like soot and then like drip some wax on it. I'm not buying it. I... Open it again. Okay. Let's 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 reopen it here on okay. the much like Zach Bagans, this was already opened yeah, that's years right. ago, and yet that's we're right. going to open it right now live okay. on the show. Here we go. All right. Opening it. And there is something inside. How awesome would it be if we saw the face of a bizu oh <laughs> pop out of this thing? Or eyes materialize. Get ready for a paranormal event, everybody. All right, get ready for mist. Here it goes. Here we go. And it's open. It's opened. It has a piece of of the outside. Oh, no, 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 it doesn't. Never mind. I, I was thinking that it was a piece of like ceramic from the outside that it cracked off that's inside. What's inside the Dybbuk box are these like pieces of metal hinges? They kind of, it kind of looks like um, abalone or abalone shell. Okay. With um, holes drilled through them. So it might be for jewelry or something. Um, I know that abalone shells are often used as. Uh, incense holders are used for smudging, but it's not that kind of thing if you're thinking that. Um, I think they're like almost essentially beads or something like that. And then little pieces. Ew, you know what it looks like? What? I mean, no, it has a hole going through, so it's also for jewelry. I don't know. It's like homemade jewelry beads or something. It looks like gum that you rolled together in your fingers and you coated it with like iridescent white paint or something. Ew. So it's just like dirty inside the Dybbuk box. So you might say it's just crap. You might say it's just crap. There is, I think, I think the intent of the seller is that, give it another shake by your mic there. Okay. I think their intent is that you would hear that yeah. there are contents. Yes. But because the whole idea of a Dybbuk box is the fear of opening it. You probably wouldn't open it, so you'll never know what it is. Right. But it's just like junk that was in their drawer or something like that. Just crap. It's just crap. Just crap. Now, I will say, I remember that that trouble did befall us that weekend that I opened it. Um, do you, I don't know what happened to you, but I like threw out my back and had the poops or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> wow. Do you remember what happened to you? I, um, I, you know, I don't remember, but there I, was something. I, it was either like the power going out. It was, yeah, it was one yeah. of those kinds of things. Yeah. Right. It wasn't anything crazy, but I remember us being like, I shouldn't have opened that divot box. Sure. It was, it was the kind of thing that we would later, um, ascribe to dear David. Yeah. Right? It, right. it was those kinds of snafus. Right. Um, and not even, technical in nature, but right. still something that, you know, not a huge deal. And even my wife, Allie, who mm -hmm. is uh, not a believer, uh, of these kinds of things mm -hmm. at some point was like, I listen, just don't open Dybbuk boxes in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, better safe than sorry, I feel. I, I didn't want to use a Ouija board for like a bajillion years for, yeah. because of a better safe than sorry sort of position. So, you know, it. would I today, were you to hand me a Dybbuk box and I, would I straight up open it? Yes, I would. Actually, yes, I would. I just don't believe it. Really? Yeah, I just don't believe it. Pick your battles. Pick your environments a little bit better next okay. time. Okay, all right. N not in my house. You're right. I shouldn't have done it in your house. It was rude. It was rude. Is the thing. <laughs> it, was, it was quite. It was so rude. It was uncouth of me <laughs> to do it right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, well, there you go, everybody. Excellent. That's a sort of update on uh, uh, yes. the lore and modern history mm -hmm. of the Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk box has been opened. We have not seen inside, but we've heard tell. No, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I got to catch up on uh, the quarantine, but I, I will be watching. I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all so much for hanging out with yeah. us. Again, I really want to uh, make sure that you all know about this really fun live stream that we're doing on Saturday. Mm -hmm. That's Saturday, June 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can join us on brightsiders.com slash GTTU pod, where you can help us raise money for the bail project. Kristen and I are going to start the stream attempting to rank um, uh, horror lore. Yeah, horror franchises, horror villains, stuff like that. You can disrupt us, though. That's what Brightsiders does. Mm -hmm. You can uh, place your votes even right this second. Look for the link in the show notes, brightsiders.com slash GTTU pod. You can place your votes on a different category that we will have to 
rank yes. uh, according to the vote itself. Uh, blindly ranking the Game of Thrones characters. We've never we, seen the show. Neither of us have ever seen it, so we'll just have to look at pictures of them and their names and then decide who we like the best or something. What's the best Rob Zombie movie? Mm-hmm. Dreamiest Twilight character. Mm. And our favorite Peanuts character. We hate Peanuts. We sure do. <laughs> so you can cast those votes literally right this second if yes. you're watching live. Um, you can also, if you tune in with us on Saturday itself, there are going to be other categories for smaller things that we might have to just drop everything we're right. doing in the moment and suddenly, uh, for five bucks, smell that book. Right. So we'll be notified when your donation live rolls in and we're like, oh, okay, there's a $15 donation. We have to put on a little bit of goth makeup. Yeah. You might even, for high rollers out there, get us to eat a hot pepper. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's this. Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. This is June 27th. I always want to say the date of the yep. year 2020, if mm-hmm. you're listening to us in the Just far in future. Um, help us raise money for the bail project. It's for a very good cause. We're going to be having a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's going to be a very interactive show. Yes. We may record this show live every week, but this is going to be a very different kind of live stream from us where you can directly impact what Kristen and I are up to mm-hmm. um, and and be really trying to accomplish something good through doing it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and for a good cause. And we're going to match all of your donations. So you get to donate once, but it counts twice, basically. So really stretch is your money keep that in mind yeah every time that we see a hundred bucks hit that uh uh, loading bar at the top we're gonna also donate a hundred bucks up to 500 in total from us Mm -hmm. um so that's this saturday everybody please 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 consider joining us yeah and until then thank you so much for enjoying this particular episode of guide to the unknown we really hope you had a good time Mm -hmm. um if you want more from us right this second go to gttupod.com you're going to find links to uh the show on apple podcasts where you can also leave us a review which Mm -hmm. we much appreciate great thank you um and you can go to patreon.com slash gttupod for those of you who back us on our four dollar tier you can always change the four the Netherworld Warrior level, you're going to get access to a ton of bonus material, audio and video, an entire exclusive podcast just for our Patreon supporters. Um, uh, make sure that you tune in to at uh, GTTU pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with everything that we're uh, pushing out on the Internet, in particular at the beginning of next week. We might mm-hmm. just be dropping something very special and unique, a little adventure yeah. that we might go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you can also follow Will and I individually on social media. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am the Myth Traveler. So thank you all once again for hanging out with us. We will be back next week for more. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go wait. Stay very close to at GTTU pod because we might be seeing more of Bagans in the near future. Oh, yeah.